people are fascinating, especially up close. More especially when you get them talking about the things that they love. This is From the Hip, conversations in the service of passion, purpose, and play. I'm Adrienne Gunn. You ready to play? What does now mean? Now means the intro is playing? That wasn't a countdown. This is Go? That is our official Go. Sometimes, hello, I'm still Adrienne. Sometimes our co-producer does not sleep. Have you had that day? I'm having that day. We're having a day. Also, what's cool is we just get an extra day to February, so everything's going to be fine. Okay, hi, I'm Adrienne Gunn. <laughs> I am here with my new friend, Janet Allison. Yes, yes. That is your name. Yes. <laughs> Welcome. I think we might have some shenanigans of, if anybody's joining us, at some point that video will show up. We've got a way of seeing the things you say to us. If, if you feel inclined to type or say things to us, which would be kind of fun. Be very fun. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, that might show up here. So I'm occasionally going to lean over and click some, some pages. We shall see. So Janet, you and I met, gosh, it feels forever ago, but it wasn't. Only three months maybe? Is that really? Like that? Oh my gosh. Yeah, November. Like a lifetime since then. Well, we definitely had a connection yeah. at that moment. I really felt it. Yeah. I think you did too. It was good. Yeah, yeah. no, we were both there yeah. connecting. We were at a keynote speaking seminar, conference, mm -hmm. what would you call that? Well, it was a weekend, so it was three days of keynote speaking. It yeah. was a lot. Yeah, yeah. For me, I was attempting to remember that I'm good at that sort of thing. And I, it worked. By the time when I stepped in, I felt very unlike myself. And when I left, two wonderful things happened. Don't Stop Believing Journey was playing on the... <laughs> <laughs> on the on the music loop, the playlist, and then I felt like me again. Which so I'm glad that I got to be there. I don't know. I loved being there. It was definitely a good reminder of what I have been doing for the last decade or more. Yeah. And then just meeting people like you, so good, so good. Nice. Okay, so you weren't there. This was a keynote speaking of intuiting, intuitive speaking, intuitive speaking process from from a friend Danielle Louise Ross. And what was cool, what I loved and why you're here today, was I heard that you have a process of, of helping people figure out how to work with boys. Mm -hmm. And I was drawn to that because I have a lot of opinions about boys who then become men or also men. And I, I have theories and I wanted to talk to you, but what the heck that means. And I'm, I'm wondering if it would be okay to, to preface this with... I have a lot of friends in social justice world mm -hmm. and a lot of people from different parts, parts of experience. I'm wondering if it might be okay for us to just talk about boys and girls as the concepts and structures that they are with an awareness that other genders Absolutely. are forming and existing and there's going to be new research about that. Mm -hmm. But can we have permission now to just use the structure that we've grown up with? Yes. Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. And I always do say, you know, this is, this may be, we're talking about tendencies, sure. tendencies of boys. It may show up in girls. It may, you know, it's all the gender identities that are being more and more fluid. And so it's inclusive, sure. not exclusive right. at all. And yes, it's talking about that typical meaning of boys and that presentation of boys. Yeah. And yeah. I'm thrilled about this topic because 
I have described myself um, maybe generally with friends as having grown up in boy world mm-hmm. up to a point of my life and then suddenly getting estrogen and breasts and things mm-hmm. and then suddenly having a new experience of what life was like mm-hmm. but still remembering that some of my core values are attached to those things that were sometimes explicitly or you know implicitly uh, the structure of the rules of what it was to be a boy and what, mm-hmm. who, how to be a person of value. Yeah. yeah. So I am thrilled. Well, and I love that you talk about the rules of being a boy because that's what we're up against right now. I've been doing this work for 20 years. I didn't tell you, and you may not know, that I raised daughters. Okay. So they're in their mid-30s, and I was a teacher and have my elementary ed degree and stood in front of this class, my first class of 10 boys and two girls, and went, oh, whoa, I don't know what's going on here, but... Nobody told me about this. Yeah. And that was 20 years ago. Right. And so I got really curious then, and I've been doing this work for 20 years. And it really is only in the past maybe five to seven years that the conversation has shifted. And we've gotten, before it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, boys. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, boys. But we need to really focus on girls. And we did. And to everyone's benefit. Sure. And now... We're looking at boys and we're seeing all the things wrong where I really see that we've created a world and a context and messages and rules mm-hmm. around what it is to be a boy. And and it's the boy code. It's the man box. It's yeah. how what that structure is around that. And it's not serving any of us. No, I have this theory <laughs> I think it's proving out. I do pretty good with observing of like mm-hmm. people and society and such. I think, I, I think that there's a, a, a problem. I'm going to say problem because the, the better word didn't come to my brain. When, when people are trying to fight against a pain, in any particular new movement, say they tend to be very uh, insular in their focus, myopic. Like my joke is. If there was a rash of people getting kicked in the nuts, we would have an anti-nut kicking movement and not recognize the root cause of violence mm-hmm. that probably mm-hmm. preceded the, the symptom. Mm-hmm. And so I say that because when I think about feminism and its many forms back in the 60s, 70s and earlier, mm-hmm. one of the things that happened was the movement was reaching for a thing that existed that they didn't have access to. And oppressed people often just wants the next level up mm-hmm. or, or breaking in. But they didn't see how there was freedom for no one, that the rules of the patriarchy or the rules of masculinity weren't serving anybody, that this idea of suppressing emotions and like suddenly valuing monetary gain and winning and competition and aggression, that those things were like, oh, the feminist movement, one of the first phases of it is like, okay, we need that too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And years later we're now seeing that we still haven't addressed the roots of how none of that was serving anyone and and it really I think goes back to the 1500s when we started prioritizing like brain over body and it's like deep yeah but and here we are now Mm -hmm. but it's like a couple years post like a me too yes movement and several years into generations of sort of confused Peter Pan men Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. no one no one created a vision that I know of, and you have more research. No one mm-hmm. created a vision of what humanity 
could do differently if we weren't just trying to copy the rules of men and what success equaled. Right. Yeah. Does this make sense? I, I, yes. It's deep. There's a lot of things. I did say a lot of things. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then it's here you deep. go. <laughs> I'll just take that ball and run with it. Sure. Part of it, so what I look at going further back is mm. to hunter-gatherers. I sure, look at yeah. okay. like how we evolved and we did evolve differently yeah. to meet different survival needs. And that's great. And here we are in 2020 and it's all up. And we have boys who want to wear pink sparkly shoes and we have and, and I feel like the message for girls has always been and is very strongly, you can do anything you want, you can wear anything you want, you can feel any way you want, and boys continue even now yeah. to not have to not get the same messaging. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'd be I, I was lucky to be born in the decade I was with more uh, ability for expressing myself mm-hmm. than the the boys I grew up with. Yeah. Even still. Yeah. Yeah. And and then we're at this crossroads too. I work with a lot of parents and I see that the moms are trying to train, convince, cajole the dads into being these emotionally expressive beings <laughs> and you know for your son you have for your kids you have to be this way and the dads are like wait a minute I I don't know how to do this because I wasn't raised that way no. it's not innate I'm willing to try and learn many men are and yet we're holding them to a standard that they haven't yet learned how to to be at sure even if they want to be right and so it's this place of of i think that the next generation of boys is going to be more aware of and hopefully the boys don't cry messaging is you know we're dissipating that it's still so real yeah and but hopefully it's it's softening a bit and that that generation as they grow into becoming adult men have more of a range of emotions and ability to stand in who they are in all the ways. Yeah, I think the challenge, you know, thinking about, um, and I'm going to poke, I'm going to poke and see if anybody's joined us, see if, see if I have a visual of any of that. I don't think I do yet. Interesting. Okay, we'll find it. So one of the things, this older this older husband, who's now being asked suddenly to to be emotionally responsive, I remember seeing posts on Facebook World of the you remember the pictures of the like eighty white men in a room deciding about women's reproductive right, rights, right? And there was this this rash of of posts going out. It was like all these these older white men making decisions, and we're like, we want them to be more compassionate. We want them to like how. How are they possibly going to be more, um, have more empathy and compassion and the ability to listen when those aren't things that we taught them were useful or valuable when they were tiny humans and more receptive to such Mm -hmm. information? Mm -hmm. Also, I think that it's really challenging to have a bunch of generations whose first introduction into the world is to have a part of their genitalia cut off. Oh, don't get me started. (laughs) Or get me started on that. Yes, no, and that's huge. Your first introduction into the world 
is you're trying to figure out you're like in a warm, beautiful environment. And we all have a jolt of like, oh my gosh, what? We have to suck to get food. We have mm-hmm. to breathe different. But then to have part of your anatomy, and technically the most sensitive part of the penis got off. Oops. Yeah. And then at somewhere between three to seven or eight, you're now castrated from your, your emotions. And you're allowed to feel three. Feel and express anger, uh, pride, and lust. This is my own dismant- uh, like this uh-huh. distillation mm-hmm. of what's allowed. So things yeah. get like spun around in those three. Mm-hmm. And so also you're given a promise about what the world will do for you. So if you get a great job and a fancy car, you will be endowed with a hot wife mm-hmm. who will be always at the sexual ready mm-hmm. for your needs. Uh, you will succeed at all things. And, and if you have six-pack abs, even yes. better. Because yeah, you have to look a, that's a certain an way, too. Yeah, you have yeah. to look a certain way. You have to be really, really strong. Mm-hmm. And, and then to recognize, oh, wait, not only can you not feel because you weren't trained what emotions are for mm-hmm. or how to utilize or access any mm-hmm. of them or that they were valuable, you also can't feel. I'm just gesturing mm-hmm. towards an area. You can't feel the person that you do get to be with mm-hmm. because... The way that your body had intended you. I think there's a bit of underlying rage and resentment that exists in the bodies of the men that we get to meet for all of these decades. This is my mm-hmm. I lo- philosophy. I, I'm with you. And yeah. I have a few little I would love to twists and turns yeah, along no, the way. So I am very much pondering circumcision and that and yes there's religious reasons to do it and and yet just what you said like you come into the world oh whack sorry and then but we look at you know why do we have angry boys why do we have angry men Mm -hmm. and it starts there I believe but I also believe that our boys are mothered and most boys are home with their mothers then they go to daycare with women Mm -hmm. they go to preschool with female teachers they go to elementary school with female teachers many uh children don't have a male teacher until maybe fifth grade sure middle school maybe high school definitely Mm -hmm. and so you think about just having that mismatch all the time and i work with a lot of teachers and you know, we're, of course, you're going to look through your female lens at these children. And hopefully you've had some education about boys learning differently than girls. And yet what I find is that there's not a lot of that out there. It's what I try to bring to schools and stepping out of that female perspective, stepping out of this context of education that we've said, now the way to, to learn is to sit still, listen and learn. And every fiber of many boys' beings is, I got to move my body. And it's true, a a male body in motion can think. The brain is in motion if the body's in motion. Mm -hmm. But yet our standard is, oh, sit still. Right. And look at me when I'm talking to you, which Mm -hmm. is really uncomfortable for a lot of boys and men. And so when we can open up that view and begin to see boys for who they are, not who we want them to be, sure. then we can start to hopefully dissipate some of that anger. I think my three emotions for boys is happy, sad, and angry. Okay. And angry is 
probably the top one. The anger is the one that's accepted. Yes. Anger absolutely. is very physical yeah. and boys are physical. They're going to express themselves with their bodies before they find their words. Yes. And we know that boys come with less vocabulary and way less ability to express their emotions. Yeah. So that puts it on us. We have to be able to, once we understand that, then we have to be able to work with that and educate and talk about the nuances of sadness and anger and happiness yeah. and those emotions. I had a, a mom tell me her seven-year-old son came home from first grade and said, mom, all the girls are perfect mm. and I'm the bad one. And that just broke my heart, but it also made me realize, no wonder these boys are pissed, come on. Yeah. And no wonder we're looking at boys and men disrespecting women because they see from such an early age that the girls don't get in trouble. Right. The girls get to be the star students and the girls have the advantages, all the things. And statistics bear it out. In any school, right. boys are the ones that are getting sent to the principal's office at about 95% yeah. boys. No wonder they're mad. <laughs> right. Well, the other thing is, I, I think I was in some other podcast of mine, and I was saying that I grew up as a free-range kid. Mm. I would be out on the streets running around. I would either be home watching TV or be out playing ball or biking or climbing through everyone's yard and, you know, in and out of ponds and that sort of thing. The, and then my favorite memories of school, I'm thinking about elementary school mostly, were recess times. We had, we had play and moving around and running at the beginning of the day. We had it in the middle of the day, long, long times. And then in my neighborhood, we would crawl down through what's called Oaks Bottom. It's this nature swamp reserve thing in town in Portland. And we would climb around in there and be out all the time. Yeah. We had lots of movement. I remember the people in my neighborhood trying to get speed bumps for their children that I never saw play outside. Because, like, I don't know when these kids move. We had music and PE. Mm -hmm. We had PE in addition to recess. Yeah. That was, was like, several times a week. Yeah. And we could express ourselves with music and art. And those things are just not They're not happening. And, I mean, then, you know, we can go into all the screens and the video games and driving to school. And so you've got this boy who is just a ball of energy has gotten to school via car. Yeah. Expected to go into school and sit sit down. It's all wrong. It's just wrong. I remember being, so I loved, I was just thinking of childhood and boy world. And I was like, okay, what I miss for this new generation is apparently there's zero tolerance for touching people when they're not. Like, how would I have survived if I wasn't choking my friends or we weren't hitting each other or slamming into each other? Mm -hmm. or we did kick wars. There was a yes. lot of energy we were getting out. Mm -hmm. I keep thinking how wonderful it would be to like have a padded room to like run around in circles and slam against mm -hmm. things. Because I used to literally like run and then slam myself against lockers uh -huh. to get out energy. Yeah. Because I had so much energy. Yeah. And many of my friends, that's what we loved about soccer and basketball was colliding against each other and, on purpose. And for boys, that is the way they feel the world. That's yeah. the way they feel their place in the world. You know, a boy cannot walk across a room without bumping into something or jumping over the couch or somehow being physically engaged with the world. Yeah. And yet 
zero tolerance. Oh, you know, you cannot touch. But that physical bonding for boys is so, so crucial. Yeah. Because they're not doing a lot of, of talking. I was observing in a school one day and, and two boys came together. It was snack time and they, they're just like this with each other and they're really not saying anything. Yeah. And, and I looked and I thought, you know, my, my old self before I knew all this would be like, you know, sit down and, and they just wanted to connect with each other. Yeah. And they knew in that motion that they're going to be outside playing together in, at recess. Yeah. That was that affirmation of that. Yeah. Do you remember the old trope where uh, two guys would get in a fight and then they'd be best friends afterwards? Yeah. That was how they would work it out. It was yeah. the weirdest thing. It showed up in movies all the time. It's like, girl, what? You suck. Blah, blah, blah. And then they like duke it out and, and then, then they're, they're hanging out. Yeah. Buds for yeah. life yeah. after that. Yeah. I don't, I miss it. At some point, I got different different hormones and mm-hmm. a different ability to, to drop in with language. I got really grumpy about this too when all of my dude friends suddenly had like, you know, in the cars with the nitrous, like suddenly like, uh-huh. and these bodies that were suddenly like powered by testosterone and I suddenly got dizzy when I spun around on roller coasters and I suddenly cared about jumping off of buildings because uh-huh. I might get hurt. I'm like, who is this? Yeah. What is this about? Yeah. Uh, but then I could like do things like talk to people and mm-hmm. sit for a long time. Sure. That's an eye contact. Cool. We love that. Yeah. 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 You know, interestingly, <laughs> you talk about touch and teen boys are at the least touched. Yeah. As parents, we stop hugging our boys at some point in middle school, early high school, because they kind of, you know, they don't necessarily seem like they're receiving it. Yeah. But also, they, they smell still funny. need it. They smell just <laughs> awful. And that's, you know, that's part of it, too. Yeah. Good old testosterone and puberty. But we need to keep that physical connection and yet we've shut it down from you know zero tolerance don't touch your friends and also zero tolerance around the things that boys love Mm. boys love blood and guts and pee and poop and boogers and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and it gets shut down early and often and they're made to feel like they're wrong this is like hunter-gatherer stuff yeah, Probably. well, yeah, like it's tracking the, feces, yeah, <laughs> right? Cutting open things, knowing yeah. what blood's where. And, yeah, and yeah. loving adventure, loving, you know, aliens who rain blood down upon the playground. And, and that kind of storyline is, you know, it's where boys live. And yet we have in school zero tolerance. We have moms saying, ooh, that's gross. I don't want to hear about that. Right. But the, the moms and the teachers that can engage and find the humor in it because there's boys love humor. Yeah. And if we can be on board with them and see the humor in, in the blood and the poop jokes and yeah. the fart jokes, and oh, so then, then they feel like they're being seen mm-hmm. instead of being constantly shut down. Yeah. I have a memory of my, my good friend's mom. I think she was joking but being serious that her husband got fully sort of actualized and dropped into his full self at 35. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. when she's talking about boys, boys and girls developing differently. And she was yeah. talking to me because I was, it was on the precipice of nearly, you know, being unceremoniously outed from like oust from the, the boy world. But mm-hmm. she's just like, they just, it's just different for them. Yeah. For a while. 
And it is different. And again, we need to recognize that our boys are on a different developmental trajectory than our girls. Even newborn boys are two weeks less mature at birth Mm. than girls. So we follow that all the way through up until about age 28 is when the male brain, the neocortex, that part of our brain that is in charge of planning, cause and effect, judgment. Should I do this or shouldn't I? A little discernment. Doesn't really come online until 28 to 30. And yet, back it up, we expect 16-year-olds to drive cars, 18-year-olds to decide what they're going to do for their life's work. And you no wonder you have boys who are kind of like a deer in the headlight. Like, what am I supposed to do? And the brain isn't it will catch up, yeah. but it's not there yet. I think it's kind of funny that the ability to create other humans comes before we know better. Right? right? And it's maybe like, if we knew if we better, thought we about would... it. It's like, that sounds really painful and full of responsibility. <laughs> but it's like, oh, no, no, no. It's no, the good part. Let's have it's the pleasure un- and worry about the other stuff later. Also, the, the, the instance of like drinking and drugs and where that shows up. In the development, I, I didn't quite feel like I got a sense of who I was until like 25-ish. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I felt like I landed that particular year. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness I didn't do things like drinking and drugs mm-hmm. in high school mm-hmm. before my brain had fully formed. I had yeah. plenty going on to work with. But yeah. Like- well, and now we have access to so much more. So there's vaping, there's mm-hmm. pornography, right. there's, and it's, you're earlier and earlier. The first age of viewing pornography, and it's usually a surprise, mm-hmm. it's not like they're looking for it, is age nine. I bet, I bet yeah. Nine. Mm-hmm. And it's a surprise. And if you haven't talked to your kids about pornography and what they might see online, then you're going to have a child who is extremely shocked <laughs> and cannot unsee what they've seen. Yeah. And it's, it's horrifying and it's happening earlier and earlier. And so the brain discernment, the brain development is not there to be able to process and go, oh yeah, this is that thing. And it's not exactly how I am going to look or how I am going to want to be in relationship with another person, but we're not having the conversations we're not having the conversations between adults about what we're seeing in, in pornography that and too. sexuality. Like yeah. That's, yeah. that's a beautifully uh, United States repression that keeps eating its own tail. Oh, it's, and it's we weird. think, I think we think that, oh, the schools are educating our children. And I recently interviewed a, a person on our On Boys podcast, and she said, there are only 10 states that require medically accurate sex education. Oh, wow. Medically accurate. That's sad. It's, I I couldn't believe it. I just was like jaw dropping. Are you serious? And And if there is sex education, it's not talking about sex is pleasurable. It's all, it's the fear. It's, you Mm -hmm. know, don't get pregnant, don't get STIs and, you know, consent, respect, yes, but it's, that even yeah. isn't addressed right. in in just a human way. There's like the abstinence only. That too. This, this is sex equals all of these STIs. Uh, and maybe here's things you can do to prevent them, but also don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's yeah. just don't ever. Meanwhile. Until, hmm. 
they're viewing pornography, they're getting messaging from everywhere in the media, music, movies, you yeah. know, yeah. everywhere that, yeah, do it, but it's really quick and there's nothing, you know, we don't have to have a conversation. Yeah. And we recently interviewed Peggy Orenstein, who uh -huh. wrote Boys and Sex, Okay, and she talks about hookup culture sure, and how pervasive it is. And it was so interesting because it's like the there's this notion that boys are, well, we're expected to act this way and, oh, I have to do this because all my friends are doing it. Mm -hmm. But all the friends are going, we're not really doing we're it. But you things. think everybody's doing it. And then the girls also are have this expectation, but it's kind of this false thing of everybody's doing it, so I have to too. But nobody's liking it. Yeah. The boy, All of them, the boys that she talked to were saying, you know, I it's not, it's not that much fun and there is <laughs> no connection and I don't care about that girl. Right. And so it's, it's this really, myth. really disappointing. I don't know if you had this moment of like over and over again in adulthood. I looked forward to being an adult for a really long time. I, my parents, I didn't really hang out with kids when I was growing up much. I hung out with grownups and then I, I have many friends that are 10 and 30 years older than me, right? Mm -hmm. So I kept thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to be an adult. I'm going to get to go see live music. Maybe I'll get drinking and sex will happen. I was really certain that those things were going to be awesome. And they're incredibly, still incredibly disappointing. <laughs> All of these things of adulthood. It's like, wait, that wasn't I've so got to practice this and be aware of my own self mm -hmm. for it to be good. And even something that's pretty okay could get better, but no one knows how. I think it's a package of Exactly. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's probably the challenge too, because because how how do we offer young people a story when we don't even know what the, what's going on? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I know, and so we don't offer the story. Yeah. So we don't have the conversations. It could or, be fun to normalize it for them, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 We get these body parts. No one gets really the manual for how to use them. Right. And please call them by their real names. You know, just like <laughs> if you have young kids, just start there yeah. by naming names and not having, you know, the wee wee and the all the right. other words that go with it. Start there. Yeah. And that's your first sex talk with your kids. <laughs> so you, you've already, you've done it. So now you can do it some more. Yeah. yeah. I love that there's an awareness that uh, if, if your son is eight uh, and you leave the house, Somewhere between 8 and 12, and if you left, left that person alone in the house, they are putting their penis on or in everything in your house. Somewhere that's an acknowledgement because it's a funny <laughs> meme that comes up in Facebook yeah, world. And yeah. like, but who who does teach these people what to do with themselves? Yeah. Are, yeah. Is there, it, there are people out there doing really good work yeah. in this field. Absolutely. Amy Lane. You, yeah, too. And... And yes, and yeah. I'm leaving that big realm to the more experts than me yeah. in that. And Amy Lang of Birds and Bees and Kids is fabulous nice. in this area of just really bringing in all of the, you know, what do we need to know and what do we need to fear and how do we know if there's, you know, bad behavior with adults and children and what are the signs and all of that is mm -hmm. we've got to be aware of that. And be willing to, again, have the conversations with our boys about 
all of it. Yeah. And it's hard and it's awkward and embarrassing and uncomfortable, but do you want the internet to be your child's sex educator? Right. No. And, and as, you're, as you're saying, have the conversations. I'm flashing back onto a transitional point in my world where everybody, I was expressively angry and everybody was trying to get me to talk. And what I actually wanted was somebody to shoot hoops with me or play catch like yeah. with a football or that having the conversations probably isn't sitting still having the conversations. Having the conversations in that phase is likely going for a walk, shooting some hoops, playing catch, uh, go-karts, and then, yeah. you know, like some activity because then they start talking. That's is so my wise. So wise. And, and again, as women, we would often approach that as, you know, we want to sit down and have eye contact and yes. have, and I have so many moms who will tell me, I just want to have a deep, meaningful conversation with my son. Yeah. And I say, great, wait till he's 30 and then <laughs> you probably can. But right now it's going to come in small snippets. Right. It's going to come probably when it's not very convenient for you because right. a lot of times it's at bedtime. Yeah. In the car is great. Cars are good. Cars are awesome. Looking at each other. Not looking at each other. There's, you know, do something side by side, cooking, go for a walk, shoot hoops and expect that and don't over talk for one thing. Expect that it's going to be just little snippets right. of conversation that will build up over time. Yeah. And then be there and be ready for when he does want to open up. And then to be able to listen without that tape running in your head of like, oh, yeah, and I need to make sure I say this. And, and to just be open and present and just being able to hear what's he's saying what and for your your daughters too but yeah what they're saying because it's going to be subtle yeah and it's going to be just a little bit and you're going to so want more and you're just going to have to wait and it's going to come out in jokes jokes memes yep yeah yeah, yeah. uh i'm 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 being mindful of time so so i have a decision to make we're at like 35 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. So you've been doing this work for 20 years, you mm -hmm. said? Yeah. How how has it been to be telling these stories and we're walking into the world with this these gifts of insight? How how is it being received right now? Well, in the beginning, that as I said, there's there were there was like, oh yeah, okay, that might make my life easier as a teacher if I know that I need to get my kids out moving. But I feel the urgency in the last five-ish years. Mm -hmm. And I am so passionate and so this is why I'm on the planet <laughs> is to get this information yeah. out there. And you know, people are smart. Take the information, mix it around in your world, in your interactions, and use it. Some yeah. of it will apply, some of it won't, but you have to know about it. And what I get time, every single time I have these conversations, either as a speaking or just like this one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. is like, oh, oh, that sounds like my husband. And just the tiniest little revelation, mm -hmm. the opening up of just being able to connect to another human being in a deeper way, right. that just keeps me going. Yeah. Yeah. I recognize that this conversation is incredibly important because I think that the pains that a lot of women feel 
towards and with men are connected with not having figured out how to raise them differently. And I, I, I have so many friends that, that talk in the paradigm of like narcissism and empaths and these like toxic relationships mm -hmm. that happen. And I keep looking into the world and recognizing when, when you have toxic masculinity, unchecked rules, it, it means that you've got sexual assault. You have uh, people, technically here's my paradigm. I think we have a, a generations of traumatized men who don't know that they're traumatized. And when you're cut off from your emotions, you can't have mm -hmm. access to your own com compassion for others. They even talk about this in power dynamics. I don't know if you've heard about this, but, but a lot of CEOs and people who rise in ranks tend to have fewer people around them that have similar situations. And money, they say money corrupts, but money and that like power imbalance distances people in the same way that like disconnecting from emotions does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now we are now starting to talk about how we have these like toxically wealthy and powerful men mm -hmm. who are disconnected from everyone else. Mm -hmm. I think from that heart. starts from the moment that we clip them from all sorts of access to themselves. Yeah. yeah. And so the cost of not doing something different are the pains and the abusive relationships and the destroying of the earth, our mm -hmm. home, and mm -hmm. all of these things are the cost of allowing. And I think people talk about masculinity and patriarchy as if it's something men have chosen for themselves mm -hmm. and are pushing that agenda forward. I'm fairly certain they would love more colors of shirts to wear. And I'm fairly certain they would love to be able to express love to all of their friends yes. and touch them. And th like the more expansiveness, and I have one last point, I didn't finish that point, but my last point <laughs> about this is, I'm, I'm remembering, and this is a weird way to get there, that, that slaves were able to take the Bible, which was an instrument to help enslave them. Mm -hmm. They were able to take that, which was, it's like part of the whip. Mm -hmm. They took it on and it became a way for them to learn to read. It became a way for them to have churches. There's an interesting way of like, if you then give your oppressor the kinds of freedoms, I know it's like I'm going to stretch here, but if we create more freedom for men who are now currently in power mm -hmm. and we break them from their chains, the rest of us then get to be free. It's a weird thing I've been chewing on. I don't know if I expressed yeah. it well, or if it makes any sense. And it's really hard to start at the top. We've got to start with our boys yeah. and our, and I believe with our, our actively parenting dads right now, that there can be a shift in that, in that way. And it's up to us as women too. Yeah. I really believe that, you know, yes, we talk about toxic ma masculinity, but there's a whole lot of great men who are striving and want to be better humans. So yeah, there's toxic people mm -hmm. and there's a whole lot that aren't. And we have to, um, we have to look at the larger culture and how can we hold that at bay and in our communities and our families and our one-on-one -on -one relationships. I had, um, I play pickleball, which oh, sweet. I love pickleball. I'm like a pickleball maniac. Okay. I have no idea how to, how to do it. Oh my God. So much fun. Yeah. But twice it's happened that a man has come onto the court and he's referred to the girls. Mm -hmm. Oh, the girls are, you know, and I'm like, no, we're women. 
And so it's those, li I mean, that's such a little tiny thing, right? Yeah. yeah. But I, I feel like that's just a moment when you have to say, hey, wait a minute, we're women, you're men, that's okay. You know, we're not girls. Right. And both of them, I, I actually want to check in with them later of like, how did that land for you? And, but both of them were kind of like, oh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But it's, I mean, that is so, so subtle and so little seeming, but it's that and it's the willingness to speak. And of course, women are speaking up more, but our men also have to be allowed to speak. They yeah. have suffered a lot of trauma and yeah. a lot of constraint of that man box and how I have to look. We talk a lot about girls and body image. We're not having the conversations with our boys about the messaging they're getting mm -hmm. about their bodies mm -hmm. and and on and on. To be strong and fit, they can't, um, they can't feel fear. They have yeah. to be on top of, uh, they have to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. That's important. Mm -hmm. What they earn, what else is in there? Stoicness, unfazed. They have to know everything. Yeah. Yeah. Be able to fix everything. Fix everything, yeah. know everything. Fix things, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Super strong. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, and they're just human beings. <laughs> just humans. Yeah. It's a rough day for them. I have a lot of compassion. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Okay, so I have this sense... There's, there's this bowl. It's a weird transition to go to random questions that aren't related to this topic. Or they might be. Oh. Oh. Will they be? Ooh. I, Ooh. I don't know if we ever got the, the feed to see whether we're on or if anybody asked us anything. I don't see that here, so I'm going to let it go. But we've got a bowl. Would you be Should willing I to grab the bowl? Should I reach for the bowl? Yeah. Reaching for the bowl. Okay. So I'm going to ask you this random question. Okay. Okay. What's your best scar story? Best scar story. Oh That's my sort of gosh. I'll tell you a best scar Blood story. Uh, it, it's a different kind of scar. Oh. And I will, you were talking so much about your childhood and oh, playing man. outside in recess. It brought to mind my fourth grade, Mrs. Kingsley, mm -hmm. red hair okay. in a thing. And uh, we were outside playing kickball. And, you know, when we were kids, we would yell and scream and talk about the rules. And yeah. it was all fun. Yeah. And I came inside from recess and she called me up to her desk. And I mean, like, I can picture this so clearly. Right. The classroom where the desk where she called me up and she, in front of the class, told me how bossy I was and berated me up and down for how bossy I was and how that was so wrong for me to be bossy. Right. And I'll tell you what, talk about a scar. Yeah. I mean, it makes me want to cry even now. Yeah. It took me until I was probably in my 40s doing some, you know, deep inner work and communication skills and that I was able to finally look at that and reframe that into... I'm a leader. Yeah. And I think about that and I think, would that have been the same for a boy? No. And we tend to call girls bossy when and we tend to call boys leaders. Leaders. Yeah. And what is that? And that was, that kept me from stepping into my life because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be bossy. Who wants to be bossy? Mm -hmm. And um, I was kind of shy, so that fed into it. And until I could reframe that and think, oh, I am a leader. And deal. that was life-changing, turned my life around. And 
Yeah. Justin Never Frank. looked back. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm going to ask you another question. Okay. I think I feel like I talked a lot. Are you a morning person or a night person? Depends on the weather. Oh, that's fair. Because, you know, who doesn't love a bright, sunny summer morning when mm -hmm. the day's going to be hot, but it's still cool? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What else? I, I'm, okay, this is, what is one thing we don't know about you? I think there are thousands of things we don't know oh, about Oh, thousands of things you don't know about me. Um, mm, I am carrying on the legacy of my dad. Oh. And I actually didn't realize it for a really long time. I had a big resistance to my dad my whole life, okay. like a lot of years. Yeah. And my mom would tell me, you sh you're just like your dad. You're just like your dad. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> and I started this work and it, I was about 10 years into it. And it hit me one day that, oh my gosh, here I am advocating for boys. Right. Well, my dad was an executive for the Boy Scouts oh. his entire professional life. Wow. And he advocated for boys his whole life. And so um, our lives really came together in the last three years of his life. And we were, I got very connected to him and very close to him and, and um, felt now feel very proud that I am carrying on that legacy yeah. for him. I just, when you were saying that, it reminds me of how lucky I was that both my father and my grandfather were really very they were kind my grandfather used to call me fella oh and my dad would call me adriandrew oh <laughs> they were just very they were very loving about me reaching for things and i remembered i was just thinking about you carrying on this legacy i remembered feeling very unsafe around older women older mm. women in particular when i was mm -hmm. reaching for things that they said were boy things and shouldn't i you know, sit with my legs together or sit still or all sorts of things that I was told I shouldn't do. Like, I remember my fourth grade thing, maybe it was earlier, like second grade, I went over and I said, the boys aren't letting me play soccer. And the, the older woman teacher was like, why would you want to do that? Uh -huh. She didn't like advocate for me. Yeah. So a lot of these early years are of these like instances where like the teachers and the older women were the more oppressive to me mm -hmm. than the boys and other men around. So I was lucky to have a, a, quite a few male teachers when I was yeah. up. And that felt really cool. But mm -hmm. the, the, you get to be one of these safe women for young people. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I like, my young me was just like, oh, oh. that's amazing. <laughs> like, I just had a moment of like healing, oh. healing moments of my young self. It's like oh. teachers actually getting to understand people who are drawn to more physical activities yeah. and show up. And, yeah. I had a and that it's not always, you know, the outward appearance of a boy. It's mm -hmm. many girls. And I, I definitely advocate for them, too. It's just about us understanding other human beings besides ourselves and yeah. our lens into the world. Yeah. Can I say how glad I am that you're around and that you're doing Please this Please do. I, just, I, like, I will drink that in. I was just, when we met, that was part of the deal. I was like, oh, good. Someone, come visit. Because I care. I don't know if that could be... I would love to show up for an event and talk about how we can be different with boys and men. And yeah. I don't think that's my path path. Mm -hmm. It's just part of the story. Mm -hmm. I just love that you're on this path. I'm very grateful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I am honored to be on it. It's my... I feel like it's not me. It's 
coming from somewhere else through me. Yeah. 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 I'm very honored that you would join me today. Thanks for having me. This yeah. has been so fun. And then thanks for joining us as well. We'll, we'll see you the next time. Uh, let them know where they can find you again, because you have a podcast, right? So I have On Boys podcast. You can find that anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And I am at boysalive.com. Brilliant. Yeah. Shannon Allison, thanks for being here. We'll see you later. And then theoretically, we're muted and our outro is playing. Well, that's how that went. <laughs> thanks for joining us in this episode. Thanks for watching, listening, I don't know, reading, imbibing, however you took this in. Thanks for being here. And if you really enjoyed it, I'd, I'd love it if you would do all of the things. Uh, like, share, I don't know, ring a bell, bang a gong, tell a friend, and come back next time. I hope you had as much fun as I had. <laughs>